When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV. We are in Riyadh for Riyadh season. France is in Ghana taking on Tyson Fury this Saturday night. I'm joined by Tyson Fury. All right, mate? Very well, very well. Can you finish me a bit of training, had a massage, I take some precautions. That's it, really. I had my tea, just chilling. Could you just take us through what this thing is? I've no idea what this is. This is like a cold thing that goes on your arms and keeps you... Uh, it can go on your arms, your knees, your ankles, anything. And it, um, it pumps freezing cold water on them, so it keeps them prevention better than cure. Okay. It's like it's like having an ice pack on. Okay. So, yeah, pretty good invention. Never seen one before. Very good. Um, you've been here, what, about just over a week now? Yeah, we got here last Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Seven, six-hour flight, direct from London. Pretty easy. We've been looked after, got picked up from the airport, straight through customs. Looked after like part of the royal family, to be honest. So, can't complain. Part of Riyadh season, which is obviously something that you've... I think when you've done the wrestling... Yeah, that was I was in... here when it first started, the Riyadh season. Um, in 2019, I'd done the wrestling here at the Crown Jewel. And we had the opportunity to go around. It was more... Back then, it was like all different like food places from around the world. Everyone got together, like a bit of like a fairground thing. But I think it's changed a lot. Now, they've got a lot of big acts here and superstar singers and fighters and all sorts of stuff. So, a lot's changed since it opened. And here we are today. They've got the biggest crossover fights ever ever likely to be made. They've got all superstar boxers, footballers, MMA fighters, everybody. So, it's a really, really big event. They've got famous actors. They've got everybody. Anyone who's anybody will be at this event. And if you're not at this event, then you're not relevant. That's a fact. Okay. I was um, with you when you did the wrestling in 2019 and a lot has changed yeah. here in Saudi over that kind of four-year period from what you were doing. Even though that event for the wrestling, there was 50, 60,000 people back there at the wrestling for Riyadh season. So, yeah, a lot, a lot has changed, though, with boxing especially over that four-year period. Yeah, um, a lot's changed. A lot's changed in the whole world, not just in, in Saudi Arabia in the last four years, and especially in boxing over here. And now we've got Turkey Al Sheikh, who's making power moves. Um, he's really going to shake up the boxing world like it's never been shook up ever before, and everyone's going to hear about it really, really soon. It's, from what I'm hearing, there's very, very big plans coming soon, and I'm happy that I'm a part of it. Does it feel weird this fight week, though, it being in Ghana and... Not really. It does, the opponent to me is never, never, um, never anything. It's just an opponent, whoever, whoever it is. 
I did the media today, all the interviews and stuff. That's pretty normal. Lots of stuff, lots of interviews and laptop stuff and all that sort of stuff. Zoom calls and whatever else. So, pretty normal. And it's quite it's quite a while. It's only Monday, so there'll be a, it'll be a lot of stuff coming up the next few days, like the arrivals and weigh-ins, press conferences, public workouts, all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be pretty pretty um, how boxing usually is with all the glitz and glamour on top as well. But you say. In terms of your opponent, um, it must feel a little bit different that you're fighting someone from the UFC this week. It doesn't really, no, to be fair. Like I just said, it doesn't really bother me who the opponent is, whether it's in Ghana or if, whoever it might be, any of the boxers or any, any other fighters. It's just an opponent. That's all it's ever going to be. Hmm. Whoever I'm going to be fighting, it's not about what they bring. It's about what I bring. I can only be the best version of me. So whatever they want to do is up to them. And I don't really concentrate on what they do good. I just concentrate on what I can do good. That's it. Well, why do you think some people would have an issue with you fighting in Ghana? I have no idea. And I don't really care. Um, I don't know and I don't care. And it's not really my business. If someone's got an issue with fighting in, me fighting in Ghana, then I don't really bother take it up with uh, Santa Claus. Because I don't care. Well, as an opponent, though, for someone who's having his first boxing fight... If I fight, didn't fight in Ghana, forget about the Usyk fight that's been signed. Yeah. I'd have been out all year without a fight for no fault of my own. True. And the last, the last fight I had was in December, early December of last year. So I may as well have retired. It was in Ghana that's kept me in boxing, actually. I'm through in Ghana. I've ended up signing another massive deal. So I, everyone needs to thank in Ghana, really. Because without in Ghana, I'd have been long retired. For sure, because no, none of the others were game enough to do a fight. They were all little shitbags, and now they're all begging for a fight. Isn't it funny how the tables have turned? And now they're out in the cold, frozen, and, and I'm running the show. So it's really, it's really weird, because one stage this year, there was a lot of uncertainty. I didn't know if I was coming or going. The Usyk fight wasn't happening. After Joshua fought, uh, he's two fights, they called me out. We contacted them, no reply. Um, all these people that wanted to fight, and then it was like, no, no we're not going to fight now. Tyson's frozen, he's out in the wilderness. Yeah. So there was a lot of uncertainty going on. I didn't know if, what I was doing. I didn't know if I even going to box again. I didn't really care, to be honest. I didn't care. I made enough money before these fights to not want to box anymore or not need boxing. So... It was what it was. If I wasn't going to box anymore, I wasn't going to box anymore. But this Francis Ngannou thing come up, the opportunity to do a big fight with Francis in a, a crossover event. I always thought, like, I wish there was someone my size I could do one of these fucking fights with. I see Tommy fighting Jake Paul and there's all the opportunity to fight all these other guys and KSI and his brother and all these other people. And I thought, I wonder if there's anybody my size in and this fight's come up and obviously he's my size, so I'm happy. Very happy. And through Francis Ngannou, other doors have opened, so big shout out, Francis. Kept Fra me, kept me in the game, kept me in the boxing game, and getting me paid a shit ton of money. So I like this guy. Win-win. I really like him. Francis Ngannou obviously got a reputation as one of the most fearsome people in the UFC. It's his first boxing fight, so we've seen little clips, which I'm sure you've seen on social media. Got a little bit. I of... haven't seen because I've not been on social media for about four months. Okay. At all, nothing. So no one showed you any pad work of... I don't, um, I don't take much notice because I know when I hit the pads on a TV camera or whatever, I fuck around. I do a lot of dodgy stuff. 
So no one in any serious, sensible mind is going to go and show everything they've got on a camera so everyone can have a look at it. You're obviously just going to be messing around. So I wouldn't take it too serious what you see on a, a pad or whatever. Are you expected to knock him out? Yeah. How many fights have I had with Sugar? Now, I think I've had four. Could have had five, I'm not sure. And I've done them all inside the distance, so this one I'm, hopefully won't be any different. I'm training hard enough. And everything's uh, went really well for me, so I can't really do any more other than do what I've got to do, get in there and put the pressure on him and get him out of there. I've got is, ten rounds to get him out. Is there a little bit of a bit of unknown going into Saturday as well that you don't really know what to expect from Francis? I do know what to expect. He's a man, and he's going to be swinging punches at me. Even the worstest bum in the world out of a public house somewhere with six pints in him will come out forward at you and swing, a, swing bombs at you with his fists half open or closed, whatever he's got. So I'm sure Francis is going to do the same. So I've sparred a lot of kickboxers, a lot of MMA fighters over in Holland years ago. None of them were easy victims, not one of them. So I don't get all this thing like... Francis is not a... Um, He's not someone who's coming off the couch who plays games for a living, like YouTubers. You're not messing with that. You mess with a fucking combat sportsman, a fighting man. And listen, you easy to call me a liar. I sparred all of those kickboxers over there, and all of them could fight, every single one of them. They were all tough as bricks and all, all vicious punchers. Never had it easy with any of them. So I'm not expecting an easy fight by any shadow of imagination. Probably be as hard as uh, Dylan White or Derek Chisora or any, any of them. They're all about the same level. If it's not, and it is easy, Cushty, about due an easy night. But, yeah, if it, if it is an hard fight, then I've prepared for one. I couldn't have done anything better. I've had good sparring. I've had Martin Bacoli, who's a very good fighter, strong, 22 stone, aggressive, puncher. Solomon Dakers, very good boxer, technical, good amateur, undefeated pro. Joseph Parker, former world champion, on good form, sharp as a razor. And I've had another big guy, uh, Nick Campbell, big Scottish guy, six yeah. foot eight, nine. Come forward aggressive, strong as a bull. So I couldn't have really done anything better, no matter who I was fighting. Any big man over six foot three, this camp was very much prepared for them, anybody, and any style, really. Because none of those people I've mentioned, none of them are alike. Not one of them are alike. Every one of them is different. So, are you or are you not serious about having a reverse in the in the cage? Was that? I've I've signed up for this um, Usyk fight next, yeah. so that'll be me next one after this. But just in general, at some point in your career, would you do that? Yeah, I'd do it if the money was right. I'd fight him or John Jones. I'd do. It. I'd fight anybody if the money was right. If I deemed it was good money enough, enough to risk myself getting smashed to pieces, then I'd do it for sure because I'm a prize fighter. But if it's just pathetic money, then why would I even risk it? Are you glad that the, the British board have sanctioned your fight this weekend? Yeah, um, now it's a real fight. So Robert told me yesterday that it's a, a real fight goes on, on the record. So I'm happy because I'm going to get 35-0 and 0 now. And before it was just going to be like a result on the night but not an official winner or loss on your record and now it makes things a bit more tastier so it can if, if I get beat then I really have lost it's not like an exhibition where there's no contest it's a winner or loss on your record so things just got serious 
Then obviously the, the British title fight is also uh, with the British title rather is on the line. British uh, Commonwealth all them intercontinental for belts. Adelaine Wardley as well. That's which a is good, good fight. That's a really good fight. Who are you backing in that? Do you know what? I've had David in camp a lot of times, um, and he's a good fighter. And I've sparred with Fabio Wardley as well, and he's also a good fighter. To me, it's like I don't care who wins really, but they're both both good undefeated British heavyweights. So it'd be an interesting one. I'm, it's a shame I can't watch it because obviously be concentrating on my own fight, but I will watch it after the event. I think it's a real 50-50 fight. Like, if you can go on what happens in press conferences, then you've got to give David the um, the edge because he's more confident. He seems like he don't give a fuck for the other fella. The other guy's more laid back, don't really say much. Nothing insulting. He's like a bit of a gentleman, um, Fabio Wardley, where David's like very cocksure himself, aggressive like, body language. So, yeah, you might have to give David the edge in that. However, on the night, it'll be the best man wins, whoever's got the best game plan. And then once the game plans are out the window after about four rounds, it's whoever's got the biggest bollocks and whoever wants it more. And that's probably what it'll come down to. Are, are you glad that this... Um, obviously, the, the Usyk situation where you both have signed, there are rumours that we will get a, an official... Uh, announcement after your fight with Nganu. Can you make any comment on that, if we will? I think everyone's been told, haven't they, what date it is. Just an official confirmation of the fight. We know you've signed, but there hasn't been... Well, they've been, they've been talked about the 23rd of December. 23rd of December is what I've been told, led to believe. So, yeah, I've got no reason to disbelieve that. It's eight weeks after next Saturday night. And, yeah, so... In, gone from having no fights, retiring to having two fights right at the end of the year when everyone thought it wasn't even possible. And I was a shit house, and I can't fight anymore overnight. So, yeah, not too shabby, eh? But this time round, it would be led to believe that this was easy to put together for you two to sign to fight this, for this fight. It was pretty easy. It was easy, I'm not going to lie. Why was it easy this time? Um, like I said, do you remember back in about February... March, when I was trying to get Usyk to fight and accept the 30%. Yes. And I said, if you don't fight me and get 30%, which is a lot of money, you, let, you fight Daniel Dubois at the Copper Box for no money. So he ended up fighting him in Poland somewhere, guess what, for no money. So then he realised, oh my God, the offer that Tyson offered me was fucking lottery win, so I better come back to the table and play fair now. So when they realised that they couldn't get... They thought in their own mind, we beat Joshua... Well, big time now. Someone will put in a massive purse bid for me and Dubois, and it wasn't. It wasn't what they thought it might be. So they know that they can't fight anybody else in boxing and get what they can get out of fighting me. So that's why they've done it. And that's why it was easy to make, because they got knocked off the pedestal and they realised that they've got nowhere else to go to, to make money, and that's what we're in this game for. It can go and fight... There must be a hundred men out there who, who are willing to take a fight for the championship of the world. But at the end of the day, we're not in it for that. We're in it for making money. And that's what the game is, prize fighting, making a few quid, going home and enjoying it with your family. And that's it, getting out of there in one piece, whatever. People can talk a load of bull bullshit and say, oh, it's about a legacy and all that. And I want all the belts and whatever. But all that ain't going to feed your family at all. So if you're going to fight for all the belts but not get any dough for it and risk getting your brain damaged anyway then you may as well go in there and fight for a shit ton of money 
and get paid and fight for the belts. It, it makes sense to do that. Whoever says they want the hardest fights for the least amount of money, well, that's the person I'm afraid of most because that person's not well. And I would run, I wouldn't want to run towards them, I'd run away from them. Because if you, if you've taken the hardest fights possible, you want the largest amount of money that you can get. And that's all she wrote. But this time I spoke to him on FaceTime, uh, Usek. There was around the table, um, Spencer was there, uh, Usek was there and his managers and there were there. And that was it. We, uh, done the fight and that was it. I even invited him to Morecambe after, after I beat him. He can come to Morecambe with his family because it was summertime. And he said, oh, well, yeah, it looks really nice. I said, it's where I live in Morecambe. Morecambe Front said, you can come down here, bring your family, bring your wife and kids and have an holiday after the fight. No problem. He's obviously going to be he here. He even invited me to Ukraine. I said, I'll give that one a swerve. For um, obvious reasons. He's going to be here this week. So, yeah, now the fight's signed, there's no need because you two have obviously been back and forth for the last year but there, there was no back and forth in this negotiation no but I'm so this, about, la, this last one we spoke about was done instantly bang there was no back and forth it took like Spencer was there for about an hour fucking around talking with him and that was it it was done and it was signed a week later when all the contracts were drafted so it was very easy all the stuff of everything's hard and everything's uh, doom and gloom when you realise your position and you realise where you really are, then you take, you think, fucking hell, this is it now. I better take me, me chance here while I can because it might float away. I almost didn't give him the opportunity because if I'd have retired, he'd, he'd have never got any, uh, any big money. He'd never got the chance because, let's face it, this fight's bigger than belts. This is the fight of the century. The fight of the century, barring none. So, bigger than all of it. Bigger than all the belts combined. Everything. For quite a few months, that was something I thought that was ridiculous, that suggestion of you were swerving, Usyk. Did that annoy you? When... Again, I don't take uh, idiots' opinions on board. Because, like I said in an interview um, yesterday, the opinions of sheep mean fuck all to me. And if they did, I wouldn't be in this position. I'd have listened to all the sheep on the way up, and I wouldn't have never been in this position. So, yeah. Every time that I feel down, I just got to look at myself and say, undefeated 15 years, I won every single belt there is to win and every award that can be awarded to man in boxing. And then I feel better. So, yeah, the opinions of these people, journalists and, and random people in the street who have no, no input in my career at all, that don't mean anything. But the opinion of the most knowledgeable man in the world... His opinion won't, won't take, make, hold any water with me either because I ain't that really interested in what people have got to say. I'm a very simple person. I don't really leave Morecambe that often. Unless I've got to do one or uh, I've got to go train for a fight or whatever, I don't really like leaving Morecambe because a wise man once told me, if you go past Preston, you've gone too far. I never knew what he's on about. It was only in my early 20s. But now I know what he's on about. Anything past Preston ain't worth going past. Turn around and come home. It's pointless. It's a new, new world out there. I like my little bubble in Morecambe. Left alone, no hassle, and there's nothing there to spend any money on, so you can't blow all your dough. And if you go a mile one way, you're at the sea, and you go a mile the other way, you've got to drive an hour to get anywhere. So it's happy days for me. It's like in my old little world. You put Morecambe on the map. Put Morecambe on the map. Here's an interesting fact. I pay more tax than the whole of Morecambe combined. 
That's an interesting fact, isn't it? How did you find that out? I know that. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Shocking. That is quite shocking, to be honest with you. What's the population of... Uh, so it's probably about um, 40,000 people there in Morecambe and Lancaster. So probably in Morecambe, probably about 20,000. Jesus Christ. Interesting fun fact. Um, as it stands today, we spoke about this earlier on. To you, this Joshua fight will never happen. As it stands today, is that correct? Or that, not? that bird has flown. Do you know why? Because there's one sentence. They're out in the cold, frozen. And that's it. And they're not relevant. They are not relevant to me. And I shouldn't be relevant to them at all. However, it's the only way that certain people, mention no names, Eddie Earn, can stay relevant is by talking about the champ, me. And that's it. Do you ever hear me talking about him? Other than when you brought it no, up. No, I've asked you. Normally it is the case when people ask you, yeah. Yeah, so... And I never, ever, ever bring it up. Because I'm not interested in him or his pal. They don't mean anything to me. They're finished. They're out in the cold. Just like I was all year. And they were laughing at me. Wouldn't even tell Frank Warren's call for a fight. So, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. I laughed the loudest now, don't I? And that's what it is. It's quite embarrassing, really, when you got former heavyweight champion begging for a fight. Begging to be on the undercard. I'm sure I seen something last night. Or I ho- I hear uh, I'm going to go on the undercard versus Wilder. Is he a child or what? He wants to go on my undercard, him and Wilder, in a battle of the biggest loser. Come on. Go and get your own show, your own promotion, and do that. And be happy with whatever it makes. Like I've been in my career. The people don't want to make $10 million anymore for a fight, or I ain't good enough. I made $10 million when I fought Wilder the first time, and I was happy with it. So crack on. But as for all this big fancy money getting thrown around, 70, 80, 90, 100 million I keep hearing, there's none of that. That's rubbish. For them, anyway. I asked you... And I'll make sure of it. I asked you three or four years ago whether you'd be satisfied if you retired from your boxing career and you hadn't fought Anthony Joshua. Can I just stop you right there? Go on. If I didn't fight again from tonight, I didn't fight in Ghana one Saturday, I didn't fight anybody else, I am done. I'm very happy. I do not give one high hooter about fighting anybody else. I'm not interested at all. I'm only doing this now for the paychecks. Nothing else. And even if you give me a trillion tonight in my account, it'd be a buzz for doing a deal because I love the dealing back and forward. However, once I had the trillion, it wouldn't really mean much to me. It wouldn't alter my life 1%. I wouldn't even spend it. It'd just sit in a high-interest account accumulating money. It'd be pointless. You may as well give it to somebody else because I would not put it to any use. I'd just hermitise it for the next fucking 30 years until I die. It could be tomorrow. I don't know. But it would be pointless giving me any large amounts of money because I'd never spend it. Someone else will spend it for you. And that's what they say. He takes one generation to earn it and fucking two minutes to blow the con. So the lure of potentially earning more money in a Joshua fight than the Usyk fight you can I don't in. believe that. Really? Go on, who's going to pay it then? If the people that are putting on the, the fight with Alexander Usyk were to, is no, that they a possibility? Won't. They won't. Not even possible. 
Boxing changes, though, doesn't it? Nope. Definitely not. They're not going to put that fight on. And one thing these people ain't interested in is fights just for no reason. They're only giving a massive amount of money. Because of the belts. Because of the belts and it's undisputed. All the shit they were going on about before, the road to undisputed, which I don't give one hoot about, to be honest, undisputed. It means nothing. However, that's why we're here. Because of that. So, you know, it's fantastic. And that's it. But there, no one's going to pay that amount of money. Don't make that amount of money on pay-per-view in any country. Don't, even if you sold that Wembley four times, he doesn't make what I keep hearing. 100 million. I don't know anyone who wants to pay 100 million each. And he ain't worth 100 million anyway. If I was getting 100 million, he'd be worth 20% of that. He'd be worth 20, 20, 20 million. And even that is probably too much because I don't know anyone who wants to pay him 20 million right now to do a fight. I know I wouldn't pay him it. I'd be, you'd be losing your dough if he did. So I don't it, agree. It's a shame to me. I don't agree with any of that. Oh, I think you get more money for the Joshua fight. Bollocks. He doesn't have anything to offer. What's he got? Apart from a, a lot of losses on his record. Do you not, do you not accept that you and Joshua is the biggest fight in our country? In our country, yeah, but what does that mean? Doesn't generate any money, does it? That's why, hence the reason I'm in hence Saudi Arabia. Reason, yeah, okay. If, if, if the big money was in England, don't you think I'd be there? I've got my England shirt on. If I could make 50, 60, 100 million fighting at home, well, I'd do it, wouldn't I? Obviously. But, that's why I got on a massive bird and flew to the great kingdom of Saudi Arabia where the real money is. Fair play to the, sh- to the Saudis. You know, that's the facts of the matter. The facts of the matter is there's no dough in England for these big fights. I remember years ago and people were talking about fights and stuff. They just can't afford it. There's just not enough. Pay-per-view don't make the money. So... Like I said, whoever wants to take the hardest fights possible for the least amount of money, then they can do that. But for me, I want the hardest fights possible for the most amount of money. And it doesn't make me stupid, does it? It just doesn't make me even smart either. It just, that's, that's the risk. Do you think you'll fight take. in England again? No. No. I had me two fights in England. Me two farewell fights were Dylan Which were unexpected White. as well, like back-to-back fights. At Back-to-back, yeah, at Wimbledon, home. Um, 94,000 and 60,000. That was unbelievable for me to do that. And now this is the icing on, on the cake. Now I'm doing a massive crossover fight with Francis Ngannou. How good he'll be, I don't know, but I've prepared for an absolute monster. So we get that out of the way and then we'll move on to other business after that. But make no mistake, the other business just doesn't mean shit to me because at the minute i got um, the African king to deal with. And regardless of what idiots think, I don't take no man lightly. At all. Especially a monster size of him who's supposed to be able to hit the hardest punch in the world because he's hit a pad and he said it. Whether he can land it on me is a different thing. However, you've got to train properly and do the right things, which I have done. I've been getting to bed every night at nine o'clock, waking up at half six. I've done everything. I can't do anything more. If I get beat, he's beat the best top version of Tyson Fury. He hasn't beat uh, someone who didn't train. He's beat the, the top dog. Yeah, I've done 30 minutes on this. I'm crusty. We'll swap it off and get 15 this one in a minute. No, it's all right. Yeah, I'll do that one. It's quiet, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. It's pretty good. Continue. What are your thoughts about... um, What's your thoughts on 
I know you've already been asked this today. Go on. But Joshua and his uh, darkness retreat. I don't, I don't buy into it much, to be honest. All the stuff. Let every man do what he's got to do. It's none of my business, is it? What the man does. Would if he went to a marshmallow house, made of marshmallows and coconut candy, what would that be of my business? Like, if, if he wants to go to a dark room, crack on. Nothing more, nothing less. Why would someone do that? Why would an athlete I, do that? I don't know. To get a bit of relaxation, maybe. Mental switch strength. Off, switch off from the world, from the rat race. I don't know. But it must be good before he's done it. I might try it myself. I'll ask him if it was any good. Could you do that for four days in total darkness? Yeah, but you'd have to lock me in and not let me out because I wouldn't want to be in there. But still, it must be. There must be something to it. Um, what's the situation with Talksport? I've seen loads of stories. Loads of stories. Like about Talksport are not welcome at. Your they're, not, they're not welcome. And I don't want to give them any relevance either, so okay. I don't really want to talk about it. They had a lot to say about me. With no evidence, just people's opinions, not facts. So when you do interviews, if it's factual, you'll say it. If it's just your opinion, it means nothing. Do you know what I mean? So they had a lot to say, and I wasn't going to do this, and I wasn't going to do that, and I was a shit house and a coward and all that. And then they want to come to me and do the fight and do interviews and stuff. So I'm not that person. For any amount of money, it don't work. If you called me from pig to a bull's foot and then offered me a ton of money to come and interview me, I'd tell you to go and fuck. Basically, it's not about that. If you're not right with people, how do you expect them to be right back with you? And that's it. I'm not angry or upset with them. I'm just disappointed, which is worse than a lot of that. And they know it. Gareth knows it. Gareth didn't actually say anything bad about me. It's what he didn't say. He let other pricks talk about me after I've had him in my camp for 10 years. And he didn't even have the gumption or guts to say, Tyson ain't like that. If we all was in a room, a load of journalists, and someone was saying, oh, you know, Gareth, he's a right tosser. I'd be the first one to say, hold on a minute, mate. He ain't. He's all right. Yeah, so would I, to be fair. Yeah? And he just stood there, yeah, 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 agreed with it. So if that's your mentality and that's what you want to be like, I don't have room for rattlesnakes, uh, pieces of shit like that. I don't, I just don't. I can't be doing with little slimy two-faced fuckers. And all of them people, anybody who wants to slate me, crack on, do it. However, don't come to me and then look for an interview because it's not going to be possible. And then don't try and buy your way into an interview because it definitely ain't going to be possible. You made your bed, now lie in it. Do you and feel like you've battled the media your whole career? You have, haven't you? Battled the media? Yeah. Listen, I'm not the, I'm not the most media-friendly guy. I'm not some trained person who don't swear and I basically say what I want and I've got to I do what I want and that's how I live. But the, the, the main thing is that they can't, they can't get much out of me because I don't want to do interviews. I'm not interested. I don't want to be on an interview every two minutes. When do you see me interviewing other than when I'm in fight week? Fight week. That's it. Yeah. You never see me doing interviews because quite frankly, like Clark Gable said, I just don't give a damn about anything. Do you know all these sheep who jump on board someone who's done something wrong and all these fucking tossers have a little opinion on them, kicking them while they're down? Oh, this is, he did this, yeah, he's such a dickhead, yeah, 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 yeah. I've no interest in all that. I want to hit a man when he's at his highest and take him off his stool. I don't want to kick him in the bollocks when he's down. No interest in all that. 
at all. So that's the difference in me and them. One, I don't care about anything that they've got to say. And two, anything they do say, good, bad or indifferent, I don't care anyway. If all these media outlets was giving me an absolute suck-off, yeah, that wouldn't make me happy either. Because quite frankly, I just don't give a damn about anything they say. Good, bad or indifferent, it ain't going to, one, affect my bank balance, and two, it's not going to pay me bills. So why would I give it any thought at all? Do you know what I mean? I, I can still go for a sandwich in my local cafe whether the Sun newspaper wants to write something good or bad about me. So it, it's not really of any interest what they've got to say. I don't care. I know for a fact, like Donald Trump said, it's fake news. Most of it's fake news anyway. So why do I care? And if they're going to tell something about me that I don't already know, then they're obviously Notre Dame, aren't they? Because anything that the media is going to print about me, I probably already know about it. So it's nothing new. Why would I take anything make me upset or happy? Oh, look at this interview, Dad. The male said I'm a top bloke. I'm a good champion. Great. Really happy now. I'm going to go for six coffees instead of the usual four. Or they said something bad about me. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't hold any weight. And it's probably fake news anyway. So, you know, none of that. I think a lot of these fighters, especially Joshua, they need to take a leaf out of my book. He's even admitted that himself, which could be a bit more like Tyson. He don't care what people think of him. Why would I care about what people think of me? Oh, he's fat. He's bald. He's got stretch marks. He's got mental health problems. Tell me something that we don't already know, motherfuckers. So what? What does it mean? Oh, he's a flawed character, yeah? He's a sinner, yep. He swears, yep. He's fat, okay. Anything else? Chinless, bald, pigeon-toed. Whatever they want to say. Can't punch. Can't punch. Does it really matter? Why would that even affect me in my life? Like, yeah. And I never, ever get any of this in reality. I do odd odd occasion. But... Never really much. In reality, I meet millions of people every year and I never get it face to face. So when people, if they talk about me behind my back, then that's up to them. But as long as they don't do it while I'm there, then I don't really care what they, what they say. It's everyone's entitled to their own opinion and that's all it ever is anyway, someone's opinion. So, yeah. What they, what they print about me or write about me or say about me, good, bad or indifferent, I don't care anyway. I don't know. Am I wrong for not caring? No, but I've I've seen the your your media. I've, I've called it a battle, but I've seen it for the last twelve years since Dusseldorf, which was what? How many years ago was that? Now eight years ago. Yeah, I've seen that from then to kind of now even, and seen the whole from tabloids to yeah, all kinds of different press. How they've been with you. Um, I just wondered, yeah, whether you've seen it as a as a battle, but I think you've dealt with it a lot better than obviously you had in the past, the media. Yeah, listen, one, I don't do interviews anymore because someone's probably going to twist it into something it's not take out of context. And two, I should only ever be talking about boxing anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And if you don't want to hear about boxing, then you've probably come to the wrong place. It's all we ever talk about. It's boxing, boxing, boxing. 
I've just started watching your Netflix. Netflix yeah, I'm only two episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's quite. Um, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on, and I think why it was so so good and successful is because it was real, and you saw my mental health going up and down every two minutes, um, and you saw the kids running around, you saw real life stuff, and and all just how we we live at home. So yeah, I think it was a real insight into what we do. And if they want to do a second series with me, but I'm just too busy at the minute with all the stuff I've got going on. So never say never, but you've got to always leave people wanting more. That's my motto. They've been filming that for a couple of years now, haven't they? No, they only filmed it for ten months. Ten months? Ten months last year, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, no, do you know what I'm thinking of? Your, the thing you did on the ITV thing? Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a few years ago, 19, that, yeah. yeah. But isn't it funny how everything's changed? How the tables have all turned, and how I'm the only. Am I one of. I think I'm one of only three or four champions left in Britain now, where it used to be loads, and I was the worst one of them all, and I was the one who was going to get beat first, and all that. And now I'm one of the last ones standing, so. And the oldest. Madness. I remember when. Uh, Am I the oldest British world champion? How old are you? 35. 35. I think I am. Male world champion. Yeah, for sure. There's only me, little fella, and the other little fella, aren't there? Sadie Edwards. Yeah. Joe Cordina. Joe Cordina. Two little ones. Me. Uh, well, Lee Woods just relinquished his belt. Yeah. Umar, anyone else? Who? Smith. Chris. Oh, William Smith. Is he still world champion? Someone told me he's got a problem, injury. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah. Against oh, Mestonek, isn't it? Yeah. That's good news. And so, yeah, I am the oldest, oldest fart out of them all. <laughs> uh, um, I did, obviously, I see you in Manchester. Uh, none of the women are older than me, are they? Yeah, Nina Hughes is 41, is I she? think. Fair play to yeah. Nina Hughes. Nina Hughes is 41. Hope she don't mind me saying, but she is, yeah. Never uh, reveal a woman's age. You've had it now. You've told everyone that she's 41. Um, I didn't really speak she's to... She's got to be an inspiration, though, aren't she? 100%. She was to anyone, 41-year-old world champion. Yeah. It's good. Better than even Vladimir Klitschko did that. <laughs> yeah, Tyus, I didn't really speak to you after um, Tommy's win over KSI, but, yeah, it was a mad night in, in Manchester for that uh, prime card. Yeah, it was. He got um, the job done. It was a good night. If you look at the crowd there, it was very different to the usual boxing crowd. You had kids there, you had women there, you had full families there. Even Eddie Hearn brought his daughter there. So there was a lot of... Uh, Mo Farah brought his kid there as well. There were a lot of people bringing the kids to watch this. So that's interesting, isn't it? Where usually they won't bring children to, to real boxing. It's not really a place for kids, but that seems to be a place for kids. There's a lot of kids there. But yeah, Tommy did unbelievable. Got the victory and got paid a ton of money. So absolutely fantastic. And if you look at the boxing, as in the light heavyweights or cruiserweights... If you combined them all together, all the world champions, then they probably wouldn't have made as much money as Tommy did on the night. So you've got to be very, very, very happy with that. I think KSI's appealed the decision. What do you think about that? Oh, I don't know. I've never really known boxing decisions to get overturned. I think they talk about it for a week, like Daniel Dubois did with the low blow thing. Frank was going to do this and he was going to appeal the decision and get it turned over and all that, but... After about a week, people complaining, it just dies off, doesn't it? It's old news, no one really cares after two minutes. 
But if you don't get the decision on the night, you can kiss goodbye to get a decision. Unless they make it a no contest, which has happened in the past. But quite rarely. Um, your dad was quite emotional that week as well. Was he? Yeah, I was there all week. Very emotional, your dad was. Your dad gets emotionally involved in these fights, doesn't he? He's part of it. So he was there doing his job, got paid well for it all. And KSI owes him how much? <coughs> 200. 200 grand. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. 200 grand. One in that, 200 large. Well, I was just talking to John. John said that he definitely wants it, so. Yeah, well. Uh, K- KSI will pay me dad that 200 when I pay Simon Jordan that million in pound coins I owe him. <laughs> Never. Not Simon Jordan. Piers <laughs> <laughs> Morgan. I, I, ah! I was going to say, what have we missed here with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to make any comment on that, John? Yeah, he's got to pay me. I'll hang the life out of him because he called the bet off. He called the bet off. Serious bet. Mine, Mine was a serious Morgan bet. Wasn't. It was, was there. He said, oh, he said, yeah, the Trump change. It's chump change to me. When I win it, I'll give it to charity, which good on him. If, he, if he'd have won, I'd have paid him and he could have given it to who he wanted. He lost. He's got a man up and pay because I will not let this go. I lounged him to death. I lounged him to that. death. You've heard it from the author. So man. there you go, mate. Pay up. You won't want to bet in the first place. Be a man. You was a sore loser when you got pipped on the night, but you're going to pay this money, Paul, because I'll never leave you alone. I will ruin your career. I'm on you like a dog on a rabbit, so don't worry about that. Pay up. Anything else that we've missed? Oh One minute to go on the game, ready. Okay, John. Um, thank you, John, for uh, clearing that up. Comments. Um, but yeah, apart from that, you're all good, life's good, Tice. How's your baby? Yeah, the baby's good, so Paris tells me. I've only seen him three or four times since he's been born, five or six weeks ago. Obviously, I've been in training camp and I take it very serious. And for me to go into. Dad mode from fight mode, it's not a good idea for me. Um, so I tend to just stay away as much as I can. And that's what I've been doing for the last 12 weeks. Been in camp, training away seriously. Seven kids now? Mm. Done? I don't know. I don't know, you know. Find out. If I keep going with boxing, then I probably won't be done. But if I stop boxing, I will be done. Is it difficult to miss all these early stages of... And your kids are born, um, sometimes? Not really, to be honest. If I'm being honest and open with you, then it's not that really difficult because I'm in a training camp. I know I keep banging on about it, but I'm getting paid to do this. Do you know what I mean? I'm not doing it through for charity. Or I'm not doing it for the goodness of my health. I'm actually being paid to do this job. And the payment that I get for doing this job, it keeps them in one house, two clothing, free food, and for all the bills paid. So... If I don't, if I didn't work ever and I didn't miss all the births of the kids and all that, then they wouldn't have the lifestyle that they have. So one day they'll thank me for it, which I think is fair comment. No, of course, you're only doing it for your family, so... I'm sacrificing certain aspects of stuff, like being there for births and things, if I'm in training camp, for the greater being of, of my family. I wasn't there for my first child. I wasn't there for a couple of them. Three of them, I think, four. So, yeah, sacrifices have to be made. Birthdays, Christmases, whatever it is, they have to be sacrificed in order to 
to pay for stuff and give them the life that they are accustomed to, which is not that good, really. No better than anybody else's. But they're alive and well, so they've got me to thank for that, really. OK. Well, listen, I do uh, appreciate your time. Quite, it's quite late here in, in Riyadh, but... I've got to stay up because the fight's not on till uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. Do you keep yourself up every night? I've been keeping myself up as long as I can, yeah. Obviously, when I'm at home, I go to sleep at 9, at nine o'clock at night. I'm falling asleep at about 9, just just past 9, and I scramble off into the bed and wake up at 6, 6.30, so it's it's different here. Do you sleep in the day, though? No, never. No? I've never had a sleep in the day for more than 10 years. Really? Yeah. I think it's me. Mind, it never stops spinning. Brrr, and I find it very hard to sleep. Um, and I find it hard to sleep when I'm not doing a lot. I won't lie. Like, while I'm not training um, properly here, just taking over, doing a little bit of stuff, it's fight week, then I'm not exhausting myself. I'm not doing any jobs in the day. So I find it difficult to sleep. Where at home, I get up at 6 o'clock and I don't stop until 9 o'clock at night. I'm on the go all day. One job after the next, bang, 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 bang. Two training sessions and everything else, all the other jobs I've got to do. So, yeah, and by the time it gets to 9 o'clock, I am tired. I don't even have time to to do much. I don't even have time to watch television because I'm out. Every time we put a movie on or anything, I'm gone 10 minutes into it. So, yeah, I live a, a very, very... I was going to say hectic life, but it's not hectic as in I'm doing a lot of good stuff. It's just like doing normal, everyday jobs that I really keep myself busy with and that I I take pride in as well. And you wouldn't think it was possible for someone to take pride in the small petty things like picking the rubbish up I was going to say that, yeah. picking up dog shit and all that sort of stuff. But I've been away 12 weeks from my house where I live with my family. And when I go back there, like the odd time, it's irritating because... It's not in the condition I would approve of. It's not in the condition that I'd like it to be in. Because I'm outside with these paper picker things up with another grippers like this. I'm outside with them four or five times a day, picking up shit. Bin bags of rubbish every time. So when I'm not there, kids are in school, they're not doing it. And then they might get done once, twice, three times a week. Then there's dog shit everywhere. And I just can't deal with that. So I like everything to be pristine. And I've earned the right for it to be pristine. I've had my brains knocked out for years and I've sacrificed everything I've ever, ever thought was possible and more to have a nice home. And I've, I've come outside and not have all rubbish and shit everywhere. And it drives me mad when it's not like that because it should be like that. And while I'm not there, it's difficult for Paris to get in. A mum when he's just had a baby, literally a few weeks ago, to get in three big bins and start ripping them out putting her hands full of dog shit and stuff, which I do every single day. I make tip runs four, four times a week because the bin man only comes twice a month. So I'm at, I'm at the tip. I'm, it's like my second home, the tip. They see me more there than anywhere else. But that's how I like to live. I like to keep everything pristine. And if it's not pristine, it drives me mad. It must be my mental health because I can't, I can't rest unless things are level. Even cushions, they've got to be in the right position. It's obviously very hard to live with and obviously very it's hard to, to be around because not everyone, no one's like that really. OCD? OCD, ADHD, all the above. And that's it. I can't keep still and I can't, I can't, I've got to be on the go all the time. One thing to another, one job to the next, to the next, to the next. And I even give myself little jobs 
And these will say, they're not fucking jobs. But to me, they are. Look, there's so many aspects of your life, even though obviously... Very complicated. You've got money, but there's so, so many aspects of your life that are really normal that f people find surprising. You know, like you, there's pictures when you've been in Poundland before and it's like Tyson Fury in Poundland or yeah. somewhere like that. Asda or Asda Aldi or, or whatever. Aldi or whatever. But where like, do rich people shop? Is there, a, is there a rich person shop like? Or I'm only shopping here because it's for rich people. I don't think so. Like, I think I've gone... Um, Tighter rim. I've tightened my belt up, I think, in the last five years, I would say. Years ago, I'd, um, I'd buy things, expensive things, and enjoy them or whatever. Now I won't. I won't. I don't think I deserve them. Yui goes on at me over it. I'll have the cheap uh, Alster chocolate fingers instead of the Cadbury's ones. I'll have all stuff like that, like not the real cans of coconut, like fake ones. What, own brand? Yeah. And... I don't know why, because it's not like I'm, I can spend the money I've got, really, but it's just me. I just, just the way I am. I'm always looking for a deal. Like, I'd never go in a garage and buy one bar of chocolate for a pound if I can get I four of them. I believe this. This is I'm so... Not, I'm, I'm being I'm gospel truth. Like, I'd rather get, like, a, a five-pack of chocolates for, like, one pound twenty rather than get a single one, even though I'll eat all five and I don't want to, because I can't... I can't. It's, it's what's been bred in me. Once a poor man, always a poor man. You never, ever leave it. Ever. And I... Like, I'd go to Asda. I love Asda because it's always got good deals on. Shout out Asda. Like, you get, say, a, a can of Cokes might be a £10.50, but then they're on sale for, like, four quid. But I'd never buy them if they were £10.50 in a million years. And when the offer goes, I'll do without them. I'll buy the cheaper ones. Stuff like that. Things that, things that if they're not on offer, and I'm used to them being on offer, like, I won't buy them. Or if you go to Sainsbury's, and then you buy, like, a loaf of bread might be £1.50. The same loaf of bread might be a pound in Asda. So that's why I like Asda better. Every little helps, Tesco says. Well, listen, of course. It's right, though, isn't it? Are you like that, Dad? 100%. But I'll tell you another thing, like, waters. I'm a big thing on waters. Like, you can go to the Asda and you get, like, two litres of water in a bottle yeah. for, like, I don't know, 50 pence. Or you can get a bottle of Evian for £2. Like, I would never go and yeah, buy the a bottle of Evian. Yeah, the water thing, I, I agree, because if you put five different brands of water, there's no way anyone knows which one's which. Not Absolutely at all. That's throughout the bottle. If you're in the bottle, you would. Yeah, I'd never buy, like, expensive water. Sometimes George comes back here, and he'll have, like, 12 packs of Evian. I'm like, George, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Do not buy them. Again, just get the as the normal brand, like, home brand water. And that's just the way I do it. And that's just who I am, and I'll always be like that, even if I had a gazillion dollars. You fly to Spain on a private jet, it might cost you 25 grand. I can fly to Spain on EasyJet for about 100 quid. Because you, you guys did, didn't you? When you we went... always do. Yeah. We flew away last time on the economy. It's not that we can't afford to go in business class, but one seat's six grand or five grand, and one seat's a grand. And it's only, you're only just flying a few hours. And you can say, you can save yourself five bags. Why wouldn't you? But then again, taxman's <coughs> laughing at me because I'm living like this, watching me pennies and then bosh, getting tons of money took off me every tax year end. So the more I save, the more I give away. So it's pointless really, isn't it? I don't get rewarded for being, not spending. I get laughed at. There should be a reward for it, shouldn't there? When you think about it. 
What, the less you spend? Yeah. If you're clever with your money, like, and you're tight, then you should get rewarded for that. If you blitz your money, if I'd blown all my wages, I wouldn't even be able to pay me tax, would I? So, yeah. But some things you can never grow out of. Like, you can never, ever, 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 ever grow out of it. Because it's what you've been brought up to do. No matter who you are, where you're from, it's difficult to let old habits die hard. And I don't mean people who's never worked for any money before. Because you see a lot of time in sports, people never worked, never had any jobs, just done sports, got a lot of money and they just wasted it. They have no value for money because they never had to earn any money. But I've had to earn money before. Like, hard, hard work, going out all day, labouring for like 100 quid and stuff. Lifting a million bricks or collecting scrap all day or whatever. Picking up trees and stuff. All day, maybe even 30 quid. So I know what it's like to work my bollocks off for nothing. But I also know what it's like to work my bollocks off for a lot. So I do value every few quid that I earn. It's, it's very, very, very valuable to me. And I want to put that in, instinct that into me kids. Like I'll wash my own cars. I won't pay a fiver to have them washed down. And, and I, I encourage the kids. They say, why are we doing this, Dad? I say, because everything we've got, we've had to work hard for, Tutty. That's why. And then he'll tell me a few months later, why are we doing this, Tutty? Everything we've got, so we've worked hard for. So that your cars. Got... You don't go into anywhere to get them cleaned? No. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll have a man come down and wash them. But if it's a nice day, then I'll be washing them cars. I take pride in it. And I save myself 10, 20 quid a car. So, yeah, happy days. Do you remember how much you got for your debut? Yep, nine grand. I got nine grand and I got a um, hundred grand signing bonus. So, yeah. 33 grand a year for three years and nine grand for my first one. So I got actually 39, 40, 41, 42 grand for my first fight, which wasn't bad. For back in the day, I was a millionaire by then. I probably still got that 42 grand, you know. <laughs> oh. Okay. Tyson, listen, I much appreciate your time. Um, this is going to be an interesting week. So, by the time But, yeah, this is a lesson, before we go, to all the young sportsmen out there, sportsmen and women, who are going to enter professional careers and, you know, might have the opportunity to earn a few quid. Careers are short. Don't blow your money. Invest it in something sensible. Small returns, slow returners, properties. But they're always safe, as they say, safe as houses. So, if you can... Get yourself on the property ladder because it's only going up. Things are getting more expensive by the year. Don't waste your dough because it's a short career. And after the career, 99% of us, including myself, don't have any education and we can't go into anything else. So you've got to be very, very, very shrewd when you few quid when you get it. Because very easy to spend, but very hard to earn. And that's coming from knowledge. And another thing I'd, I'd advise you is, is get a very, very good lawyer if you're doing any 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 business. Get yourself a very good, get yourself the best lawyers that you can afford. Or ones you can't even afford. Just barely pay. They're the best ones. Can't go wrong with that advice. Save your money and get the best lawyers you can afford. And that's how you be successful in any business. Okay. And shop at Asda. Shop at Asda, Neto, whatever you want. Neto's even gone or I'll be shopping there now. Neto? Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, it's not there anymore, is it? Just retired, but... Aldi's a good shop, fresh food, cheap prices, and yeah, not bad at all. Good stuff in Aldi, too. And you might see the Gypsy King in there. Where do you shop, John? Me? Yeah. I don't shop. Oh. He said he doesn't shop. Oh. He just goes round to all his mates for tea every night. 
<laughs> Don't blame him if you can. So that's, that's even Don't me. Dad, my dad's even tighter than me because he won't even buy his shopping. He just goes around to other people's places for their food. Yeah, you've earned the right, John, to be fair. Well, here's a question. Where do you shop? M&S, Waitrose, or something like no, that? I go Tesco. Tesco's all right, but Tesco's... With the, with the club card, you do yeah, so you do get quid. all right, don't you? get some good dues. Because they do, like, 24 cans of drink for, like, 15 quid or with a club card for a pound. Not a pound, but, like, five quid. Yeah, not bad, is it? If you drink Diet Coke, that is. Do you not drink Diet Coke? I love Diet Coke. There you go. Right, on that note, shall we sign out? Yeah, Tyson Fury, thank you very much. I'll let you sign us out. Yep, uh, Tyson Fury from his hotel room in Riyadh, the great kingdom of Saudi Arabia. About to uh, knock Francis Ngannou out on the 28th of October, 2023. Be prepared, because a storm is coming your way. Thank you very much. Network.